Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what time it is. Welcome back to Count It right here on Points Bet USA. I'm your host, Kazim Famiwide. Thank you so much for joining me on this fine Tuesday morning after an incredible night of playoff basketball. Just when I think these games can't get any more intense, any more dramatic, any more historic, last night. Happens before we get into all of last night's games. Uh, my guy Harrison Wind of the Denver Nuggets podcast and the Denver DNVR beat reporter will be joining me to talk all things Nuggets as they look to close out the Minnesota Timberwolves. Have the second chance to close out the Minnesota Timberwolves coming up. But before we get into all of that, yo, last night was insane in the association, starting off. With the return of Giannis Antetokounmpo to the Milwaukee Bucks to take on the Miami Heat. The Heat up two games to one. Giannis making his actual playoff debut, if you count that. The first game, he only played 11 minutes. Seems like a Heat team without Victor Oladipo and Tyler Hero will be done for with the return of Giannis, right? Nah, <laughs> that is not what Happened. Jimmy Cooks and the Heat stun the Milwaukee Bucks to take a 3-1 lead to what I'm saying. I mean, I've seen a lot of playoff basketball. I'm sure there have been games for more on the line. And, you know, you could go into the 2016 season with LeBron and Kyrie and those incredible comebacks coming down 3-1. I'm here to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, last night was at least – one of the top three greatest playoff performances I've ever seen in my life. Considering the circumstances, considering the Miami Heat stole a game when Giannis went down. Giannis came back. He looked pretty damn good, too. I mean, he got some, he got a little bit of that uh that Theragun in his back during the game. But, you know, uh, uh Giannis did look like he didn't look as uh hobbled as I thought as he was gonna be. You know, he played. Uh, almost had a triple. Well, he did have a triple double. Twenty six points, thirteen assists, ten rebounds. Brooke Lopez, thirty six points, eleven rebounds. Uh, Chris Middleton, fourteen eight and six, and Drew Holiday, fourteen four and seven. And I gotta set this up right because most of the game, the Milwaukee Bucks were in control, especially towards the end of the fourth quarter. In the first quarter, Giannis comes out looking absolutely spectacular. The Bucks up thirty three twenty eight. But 22 of those first quarter points go to Jimmy Butler, literally putting the team on his back. And my goodness, you want to just talk about somebody who just hit big shot after big shot after big shot, especially with the Bucks playing as good as they did. They have absolutely no interior defense. Bam Adebayo, hell of an effort trying to contain those big men of Giannis and Brooke Lopez. But they got literally every single thing they wanted down there yesterday. So... In the fourth quarter, a lot of us thought it was over. The Heat were down by 14 points in the fourth quarter. And then playoff Jimmy happened. I'm talking about step back threes, getting to the line. I mean, that incredible breakaway dunk all by himself when he took the lead and they never give it back. 21 points in the fourth quarter for Jimmy Butler ending up with a grand total of 56 points, the fourth 
highest playoff total in NBA history, trailing only guys you might have heard of, Donovan Mitchell with 57, Elgin Baylor with 61, Michael Jordan with 63. Jimmy Butler now stands fourth in NBA history with the most points to score in a playoff game. 56 points for playoff Jimmy. And if you asked him in the press conference, which people went up to him and did, it says, playoff Jimmy a real thing? And he says, nah, man, I'll just go out there and be hooping. So, I mean, whatever's in that big face coffee or whatever he's been doing with the, I know he's in the country music and whatnot, whatever the hell he does, when it goes from April, from March to April, needs to be studied in a lab because Jimmy Butler has turned into arguably the greatest playoff performer in Miami Heat history. And granted, I hear you on your LeBron. I hear you on your Dwayne Wade. I hear you on your Chris Bosh. But these performances that Jimmy Butler has been putting in as a member of the Miami Heat has truly taken on legendary status. If you count the, uh, the bubble run all the way to the finals, you count last year where he was literally one shot away from sending his team back to the Eastern Conference Finals. And now this year, as an eighth seed, up 3-1 against the number one seeded Milwaukee Bucks and a team that a lot of people predicted, not me, was going to win the NBA championship. The Heat and the Afri- the Los Angeles Lakers, we're going to talk about in a little bit, are both up 3-1. This is the first time multiple teams seeded 7th or 8th have a 3-1 series lead in a single postseason since seeding began in 1984, according to ESPN stats and info. My goodness, I, I, the, the Heat win, 119-114. That's the story here. But now, wh- what's going on in the Eastern Conference? I mean, as a Knicks fan, I obviously have very, very high interest in the way this series ends. I said all along from probably the end of February – the way the Knicks are playing, the way they had Josh Hart rolling, winning those nine games in a row. And I know it always goes back to the Knicks when it comes to talking about basketball, but God damn it, I'm a Knicks fan. I said the Milwaukee Bucks were the only team in the Eastern Conference I truly fear. And now the Miami Heat, without Hero, without Oladipo, and without a whole lot of depth, really. But playoff Jimmy, a savvy veteran in Kyle Lowry, and Bam Adebayo, have really three chances to knock out the number one seed in the Eastern Conference and send this entire playoffs into an absolute tailspin. Let's get the final numbers on playoff Jimmy last night. 56 points, 19 for 28 from the field, 3 for 8 from three-point line, nine rebounds, two assists, and one block to boot. My goodness, what a performance from Jimmy Butler. They have a chance to close it out in Milwaukee Wednesday in the Fiserv Forum. It's going to be rocking in there. I mean, given everything that's happened, this felt like a game that the Milwaukee Bucks let get away. I was watching the game intensely. I'm thinking, okay, there's no hero. There's no Oladipo. There's no, are they going to double Jimmy? I think it eventually doubled Jimmy Butler. They did it in the first quarter. He went off and got 22 points in the first. And in the fourth quarter, 
He was absolutely unguardable and was still getting single coverage from a team that has been there before and knows how to zero in on offensive juggernauts like that. You got Drew Holiday. You got Giannis. You got uh, uh, Grayson Allen. You got guys that you could have sent at Jimmy Butler to at least slow him down. But like they said, sometimes the trainers on the tracks, you either get on or get the hell out of the way. And playoff Jimmy is a locomotive right now in the postseason. Now they got three chances to send it to send themselves into the Eastern Conference semifinals against the winner of the New York Knicks or Cleveland Cavaliers playoff series. My God, by Thursday morning, by the next time you see me, we could have three teams advancing into the next round. And two of those teams were playing teams. Oh, and as for that last playing team, let's talk about them. The Los Angeles Lakers. Hold it down against the Memphis Grizzlies. Smoke was asked for. Smoke has been received. The king, LeBron James. Does it again. 22 points, 20 rebounds, seven assists, a bucket to send the Lakers into overtime, and an and one bucket off that villain in sheep's clothing, Dylan Brooks, for an and one, a primal yell into the LA crowd, and solidifying the victory to send the Lakers up 3 1 against. The Memphis Grizzlies, what a game, what a performance. Austin Reeves, shout out Austin Reeves, a revelation for the Lakers, a guy who's going to get hella paid this summer, led the Lakers. Yes, led the Lakers with 23 points, 7 for 16 from the field, 2 for 5 from 3, chipped in with 4 assists and 6 rebounds. Anthony Davis, 12 points and 11 rebounds. Jared Vanderbilt and D'Angelo Russell dropped 15 and 17 points, respectively. Desmond Bain was on one last night. 36 points in overtime. John Morant, 19, 7, and 4. And Dylan Brooks, my God, you've been having a rough day, my guy. 11 points, 5 rebounds, and 4 assists. You look at those numbers, you look at that game, and you just see that look in LeBron James' eye. You see that look, that belief within the Lakers organization now, not only are they in it, but they really have a chance at truly making a run at another championship. And I've wondered this about myself several times over the past few weeks, especially since Dylan Brooks got the yapping. Past few days, I'm sorry, past few weeks. But I kept thinking, like, what other side quest can LeBron James put in front of him, right? Obviously, the championship is always one thing. But I personally believe the, the chase – of the all-time NBA scoring record was something that kept LeBron, you know, motivated during the regular season when, let's be honest, a lot of star players and a lot of teams just aren't motivated, right? Granted, right after that scoring record is hit, they make the trade, they get those players, LeBron gets hurt a little bit, and you just keep thinking, what more can this man overcome to add to that GOAT resume, that legacy-defining resume that when he's all said and done, we all look back and say, was he the greatest of all time to do this? And what happens on the road to finding those other side quests, on the road to possibly winning another NBA championship? 
Dylan Brooks gets the pop in the gums about a calling a guy old, saying you don't respect him until he gives you 40, and a lot of other things that I'm pretty sure he's regretting now at this moment. Again, surprise, surprise, Dylan Brooks was not available for media at the end of the game. And it's funny enough, if you look back, since Dylan Brooks said, I poke bears and they don't duck no smoke, his last two appearances, the last time Lakers fans or NBA fans seen him on the court at the end of the two games, one was hitting a guy in the junk and getting kicked out, and two, giving up an and one against the aforementioned old guy that helped clinch the game in overtime. Dylan Brooks, my man. Now you're hearing, you're hearing these trade rumors that the Grizzlies tried to get rid of him. Uh, during, uh, during the All-Star break or before the All-Star break. I mean, you just got to give it to LeBron James. And now, with the chance to close it out in the grindhouse, which is not an easy place to play at, at all, one of the hardest places to win on the road, there's a possibility we could have LeBron versus Steph, the sequel. There's a possibility that those side quests that LeBron keeps adding to his legacy – can get even greater. I mean, can you imagine an NBA championship road that leads with beating John Morant, Dylan Brooks, and the Grizzlies, that leads with going up against the defending champion Golden State Warriors, possibly? De'Aaron Fox hurting his index finger is going to change a lot of things for these playoffs, so I'm just going to say possibly. And then there's KD. There's the Phoenix Suns or the Denver Nuggets waiting in the Western Conference Finals. Could you imagine, after all these years of LeBron and KD not playing against each other, I don't know the exact stat, but it's something crazy. I think the last time they actually played against each other was that incredible Christmas Day game in Cleveland against the Golden State Warriors, which a lot of people call the greatest Christmas Day game of all time. This is the path to... A lot of people just saying this man is the greatest of all time. And if he does this, bringing number five and going through that row of superstars at this age, I truly don't know what we, what you could say at this point. There's a whole lot of things LeBron hasn't done in his career or has done in his career. He managed to do one of those things for the first time yesterday, which is drop a 20-20 in a game at all. It's the first time he ever did it in a playoff game. And I got to say, man, I feel for the Memphis Grizzlies because all season long they've talked about how people have wanted them to be the bad guys and be the villains and all that stuff. And trust me, I loved it. I love young, brash confidence from teams and players that feel like, you know what, we're here and we're not scared of you. We don't care where you're from. We don't care what you've done before. I like that about the Grizzlies. But if you talk to anybody who had any NBA knowledge, they said this is why the Grizzlies need a vet. They need a veteran. They need somebody to come in there and say, hey, we're not doing that. Hey, we're not going here. Hey, we're not saying this to the media. This is how we're facing it. The reason why veterans keep their words short and sweet is because sometimes you got to eat them. And the Memphis Grizzlies are looking like they're getting their stomachs full. <laughs> of eating their own words. And this all leads to me to, to one last thing I got to get off my chest. 
The Dallas Mavericks, a team with Luka Doncic, Kyrie Irving, and had a chance to get into the play-in tournament or tank it out and save their draft pick from being given to the New York Knicks. Now, I still think it was one of the wackest things I've ever seen a franchise or owner or a head coach sign off to do. I still think it was whack, and I still think karma's going to get them because I feel like they probably won't even get that pick, and there's a, there's a scenario where that may happen. We'll see where the ping pong balls land. But it only disturbs me to, no, to, to the highest end that two teams that were in the play-in tournament are now on the brink of possibly going to their respective conference semifinals. And with all these injuries happening around the NBA and all these certain breaks falling to certain people's ways, you mean to tell me, defense be damned, a team with Kyrie Irving and Luka Doncic could have made a little bit of noise in these playoffs? Mark Cuban, this is on you, playboy. The basketball gods don't forget. And I promise you, something going to happen that's going to make you say, man, we should have just respected the game and just played it out and let the chips fall where they may. That's all I got to say. That is all I got to say. Shame on you, Dallas. Don't cheat the game. Don't front. Don't tank. Um, last but certainly not least, we got some news coming through the NBA. Ime Udoka, former Boston Celtics head coach who was let go amidst uh, controversial uh, means, was hired as the Rockets' new head coach last time out. We obviously know what he did with the Boston Celtics, led them to the NBA Finals before eventually falling to the Golden State Warriors in the NBA Finals. Um, he is taking over a team that has gone through a lot of transformation ever since trading away James Harden to the Brooklyn Nets. They've been through several coaches. They've been through several players. The John Walls of it all. I know we saw that podcast where he was kind of letting off on what that uh, scenario and that, that place means uh, since they really don't have any sort of direction. And um, a lot of people had a lot of things to say about Ime Udoka. And I'll be honest, man, a lot of us really don't know what happened or what was explored or what the final finding was. Even his estranged wife or fiance, Nia Long, has said, you know, this kind of happens in the league all the time, and they usually handle it pretty quietly. It was kind of strange that this was so public, and maybe it made it worse than it had to be. Who knows? But on the basketball side, this is a team with Alper and Shangun, who a lot of people are calling the baby joker, one of the next great big men in the NBA. Look at the numbers. Ariel Epstein's been telling you ever since this show started, she's been a favorite every single game out, even though the Houston Rockets couldn't win a damn game to save their life. Uh, Kevin Martin Jr., an explosive scorer, a guy with a whole lot of talent. Jalen Green, somebody who I've been very high on and a guy who has immense offensive talent. And according to Tankathon.com, the Houston Rockets have the second best odds to win the NBA ping pong draft lottery, which if they stay where they are at the very least, they got a point guard and Scoot Henderson who can pretty much come in and be a very interesting piece to see how they maneuver with all those offensive weapons in Al Shingun. Or you win the lottery, 
and you get the prized possession that everybody in the NBA has been salivating over in Victor Wembanyama, the best prospect in NBA history since LeBron James, according to anybody who's done this for a long time. I'll say all that to say this. I wish Ime Udoka good luck. I hope the Rockets uh, do better, and uh, we'll see where the ping-pong balls land for him because if they strike it rich, I think this Rockets team is a team that can turn around very quickly. And with that young talent, I see Oklahoma City Thunder. I see Sacramento Kings. I see these teams with a lot of deep, young talent that just need a place to be directed. Ime Udoka might be that guy to do it. So he is the Rockets' new head coach in the 2023-2024 NBA season. Guys, don't go anywhere. Host and Denver beat reporter and host of the Denver Nuggets podcast, Harrison Wind, will be joining me to talk all things Nuggets and Wolves in these Western Conference playoffs. Guys, don't go anywhere. More Counter is coming up right after this. And welcome back to Counter right here on Points Bet USA. And joining me from the Mile High City, he is a DNVR beat reporter and host of the Nuggets podcast with DNVR. This is Harrison Wind. What's going on, Harrison? How you doing, partner? I'm doing great, man. Thanks for having me. Uh, I'm happy to have you. And, you know, in most cases, we probably wouldn't have had you because I feel like the Nuggets would have swept a couple of nights ago. But the series is still alive. A great performance from Anthony Edwards uh, in overtime. And, um, you know, I just want to know, do you have – a necktie with a broom on it? Are you are you preparing for a gentleman's sweep tonight? What's going on? <laughs> I had my broom out last uh, last game before game four. I mean, the Nuggets should have won that game. They should have swept. But, yeah, I think they take care of business tonight. And for me, it's just all about can they just slow down Anthony Edwards at all? I mean, he's had 41, 36, 34 in these last three games. He's been a monster but they don't have enough pieces around him. If the Nuggets just play a good game tonight, I think they take care of business. You know, you, you mentioned Anthony Edwards, and I guess he gets a lot of attention. But, you know, uh, the the big story with the Timberwolves has been Carl Anthony Towns, Rudy Gobert, how they sort yeah. of fit, and obviously having a deal with the two-time MVP, Nikola Jokic. What has Jokic been able to do to kind of neutralize both of those big men and uh, get out to a 3-1 lead so far? I mean, really nobody in the NBA has a matchup for Nikola Jokic. Uh, we know that after the last three years. Rudy Gobert can't guard him. Um, so, like, whenever Jokic has been in the post against Rudy Gobert this series one-on-one, he's given him the work. And then, you know, Towns really can't guard him either. The thing about, like, Jokic in this series is he's been good. And last game he finally had, like, that 40-point game that like statement playoff game. I wonder if he comes out tonight and just like tries to put up another 40 piece because Minnesota can't guard him. And, you know, if they try to double team him, he's kicking out, kicking it out the shooters. And that was a big problem in game four. A reason why the Nuggets lost, they just couldn't shoot threes. This is one of the best three point shooting teams all season. So if they try to double him tonight and limit him and try to keep him from getting another 40 spot, like the Nugget shooters, I think should put this series away. But Jokic has been a beast this series. He's dominated. Uh, he's dominated with his passing, his scoring. 
So I'm expecting like a masterclass tonight, to be totally honest. You mentioned those shooters that Nikola Jokic needs to get out to. Jamal Murray probably leads the cast of all those. Dropped 40 in game two against the Minnesota Timberwolves. But last time out, only had 19 points, 8 for 21 and 2 for 7 from 3. What do you expect from Jamal Murray tonight to try and close this game, close this series out against the Timberwolves? Yeah, I expect to bounce back, but what's kind of happened in the these last couple games is the Timberwolves have put Nikhil Alexander-Walker on him, and he's somebody who knows Jamal Murray. He's kind of this defensive X factor for them. He's from Toronto. Jamal Murray's from Kitchener, which is an hour outside of Toronto. Those guys know each other really well, and Alexander-Walker's been able to bother him with just kind of his length and his size. He's bigger than Jamal, so... I expect the Nuggets to do some stuff tonight to free him up, set some screens higher up on the floor for him just to get Jamal free, maybe get him off the ball a little bit. But knowing Jamal Murray, he's pissed about only scoring 19 <laughs> points on 8 of 21 shooting last game. I think he's going to come out and just like take it upon himself to look to cl close the series out tonight. Speaking of taking it upon himself, uh, Michael Porter Jr., has really stepped up in these playoffs. He's had some big buckets, especially late last game, to send the Nuggets uh, into overtime with the T-Wolves. He's been a guy that I've watched since high school, and he, he just has these flashes where you're like, okay, that's it right there. Like, that's the guy that I've seen that was the number one player in the country for so long, and even with the back injuries, he still is an effective player on a team that's favored as a number one seed in the Western Conference. Talk to me about the maturation of Michael Porter Jr. throughout not just – this season but this playoff series yeah well his maturation this season has been one of the coolest storylines around this team because he has totally bought into being like a third or fourth option in the starting lineup behind Nikola Jokic behind Jamal Murray and like you said I've got to think that was a tough thing for him to do after being the player he was in high school and always just being the guy on whatever team he's been on but he's really found a perfect role here in Denver He's been way better defensively this series and this season than he's ever been. I mean, we've rarely talked about, like, the Timberwolves sing uh, singling him out and really targeting him on defense because he's just really improved there. And, I mean, he's a lights-out shooter. We know that. Like I said, it's been one of the coolest stories around this team this season. And he'd be even better if the Nuggets would just give him the ball more. He had a couple of threes during that 12-0 run Denver had to get that game four into overtime and then didn't even touch the ball in overtime. So he's really good, and uh, watching just his growth this season has been awesome. We started this conversation talking about Anthony Edwards and finding a way to kind of slow him down. He's really been dominating off the pick and roll. Like he's gotten either Carl Anthony Towns or Gobert to kind of set him that screen, forcing one of those uh, 6'10", 6'8", wings between Gordon and Porter Jr. to kind of face him. And he's taken advantage so much throughout this series, especially in the last game. What adjustments do you see the Denver Nuggets making to sort of offset that pick and roll offense uh, led by Anthony Edwards? Well, I think they just try to get the ball out of his hands. That's the first step because – Anthony Edwards has been the one variable this series that the Nuggets have had no answer for. They've contained Carl Anthony Towns. This has been like a, a strikingly awful series from Carl Anthony Towns. Oh, he just yeah. like hasn't really shown up at all. And um, but Anthony Edwards has been a beast. So I think, you know, in the pick and roll, bringing Jokic up, bringing the big up, 
who's ever on the floor forcing the ball out of Edwards' hands, making somebody else beat you. The Timberwolves are also without Kyle Anderson tonight. Like, that's another big loss for them. So without him, Jaden McDaniels, Nas Reed, that's three of, like, the top seven rotation players who are going to be out tonight. If you force other guys to beat you, I think that's Denver's best path to a victory. All right, Harrison, uh, I don't want to look too far into the future, but the Phoenix Suns also have a 3-1 lead against in their series. They would likely play against Denver if they close this out. This is a series that a lot of people have circled for a long time, especially since the Phoenix Suns acquired Kevin Durant. Um, they haven't seen a lot of each other since they acquired KD, but from what you've seen from this team, what's the one thing that the Denver Nuggets can do to kind of stop the the, the – the runaway train that seems to be this Phoenix Suns foursome. I think the best, the Nuggets best defense in this series against the Suns is going to be their offense because the Timberwolves, they, they can't stop Jokic, but at least they got some length. At least they got some size. The Phoenix Suns don't have a prayer in stopping him. He has cooked DeAndre Ayton time and time again. I mean, he, he had a really good playoff series against them a couple years ago. Ayton was, decent defensively in that series but that really came down to the fact that Jokic had nobody around him but I don't know how Phoenix stops Denver and I think that helps Denver because then you can get set up in your half court defense and at least have a chance now I don't think there's going to be a ton of defense played in this series Denver Phoenix just might be whoever can outscore the other team but the fact that the Suns have just no answer for Nikola Jokic I think that will make this series very interesting. I mean, if I had to throw a pick out there right now, I'd say Nuggets in seven. I think this might be the type of series where just the home team wins every game, and then you got a game seven in Denver. All right, in those type of series, if it's a seven-game series and all the stars are playing, I think the big story of these playoffs have been the big stars going out with injuries. So with that being said, who in the Denver Nuggets, uh, and forgive me for going back here, I feel like – not only the injuries have been a big story, but the depth of good teams have been what has been really winning out. So you've watched the Denver Nuggets all season long. Who is one guy on that team that can make a huge difference that we aren't talking about for the Denver Nuggets right now? It would probably be uh, Aaron Gordon. And a storyline around the Nuggets all season, all regular season, was that their bench sucked. Their bench was so bad. They were just losing double-digit leads whenever Nikola Jokic went off the floor. Well, in the playoffs, they just decided to trim their rotation, cut out some of those bench guys they were playing, and now they're playing Aaron Gordon at backup center. And he's held his own. The Nuggets are winning the minutes in this series against the Timberwolves when Nikola Jokic is off the floor. That's a crazy thing to say after what just happened this season when every single game they would lose those minutes. And Aaron Gordon's been a big reason why He's gone up against some of these lineups with Towns and Gobert against Minnesota and held his own. He's been a beast. And looking ahead, like they're going to need a great series against the Suns from Aaron Gordon because he's going to be guarding Kevin Durant a lot. So um, he's been another great story this season, and he's had a great series against Minnesota. It's going to be a very interesting series if they do end up against the Phoenix Suns. The two teams that very much mirror each other, very top-heavy. Benches aren't really expected to do much. But before that, they got to close the deal against the Minnesota Timberwolves tonight 
at 9 p.m. Eastern. Harrison Wynn of the DNVR, thank you so much for joining me on Count It. Good luck to your Nuggets, and I'll see you soon, partner. Appreciate you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. No problem, man. Guys, don't go anywhere. You're going to get my picks for tonight and tomorrow's NBA playoff action. More Count It is coming up right after this. Welcome back to Counter right here on Points Bet USA. You know what time it is. Let's get into my picks for tonight's NBA action. Three chances for three teams to close it out and head to the conference semifinals. First off, the Atlanta Hawks head into Boston with a chance to try and extend this series. The Celtics are 13 and a half point favorites. The over-under is 228 and a half points. My God, that line is disgusting. 13 and a half points for the Atlanta Hawks. I don't know if I want to take that to cover. Uh, I mean, I, the, the return is is crazy, and it feels like all three of these teams that we're going to go through are kind of getting ready for Cancun. The Atlanta Hawks probably be at the top of the list. I don't think the Celtics are going to cover. I'll take the Hawks on points, but I don't love myself for it. Uh, but I think the Celtics end this, um, you know, I'll take them on the money line as well. But give me the Hawks points, I get. I could never count out Trey. I think maybe they're, they they shoot enough well from the backcourt to keep it within 10 points, maybe, you know. So um, I, I feel good about that one. We'll see how this one goes. This is going to be a lot. This is going to be a lot. Um, secondly, another brutal line. The Minnesota Timberwolves taking on the Denver Nuggets. Just talked to my guy Harrison Wind uh, of uh, the DNVR. The Nuggets are 10-point favorites. The over-under, 220.5 points. Last time out, the Minnesota Timberwolves stole one to extend this series. Same thing that the Atlanta Hawks did. The gentleman's sweep looks like it's coming. Uh, probably no Kyle Anderson. For the Minnesota Timberwolves, they've just had to deal with injury after injury after injury, including Carl Anthony Towns not necessarily finding his way offensively and having to lean so much on Anthony Edwards doing this on the road in Denver in a closeout game. Too much for me. I'm taking the Denver Nuggets to cover and win and send the Minnesota Timberwolves home for good. Let's talk about the Los Angeles Clippers taking on the Phoenix Suns, another brutal line. The Phoenix Suns favored by 12 points at home, the over-under 224.5 points. Obviously no Kawhi, obviously no PG. Russell Westbrook, God bless him, doing the best he can to keep this thing competitive, and I think he might be. And I think there's something about Russ that says he's never ready to go to vacation. So I do think the Suns win this and close it out, but... I'm going to take the points here for the L.A. Clippers. I think Russell Westbrook is going to continue to find that boundless amount of energy that he seems to always have, especially against Kevin Durant and the Phoenix Suns. Uh, he's given them a huge, huge boost given all the injuries that they went through this past season. But uh, it's just way too much for the L.A. Clippers. You're asking a lot from a lot from, from very little. Even though Teron Luce, salute him, great season that he had. Dealing with everything, I think the Suns win this. I'll take them on the money line. But the Clippers' points, just because I believe that much of Russell Westbrook, I think he will keep give them a puncher's chance to at least keep it close 
up until the end of this game. I got a Tuesday night same game parlay for y'all, so listen up. This one is in Minnesota and the Denver Nuggets in Denver. I got Nikola Jokic. Uh, he hit five threes last game, last game out. You can get him at minus 225 on threes if he can hit one, hit the over, over one, 0.5 three-pointers made. Add with Anthony Edwards, 28.5 points is his line right now. I'm going to take the under on that. He didn't really shoot that well on the road during the playoffs, and uh, they're obviously going to key in on him all day long, especially with no Kyle Anderson. He is the only guy that has gave the the Nuggets any sort of trouble this postseason. And I'm going to throw in Aaron Gordon rebounds as well, six and a half rebounds. I think it's going to be a lot of bricks going over the place, uh, so I think there's a lot of opportunity for backup center Aaron Well, He's been playing backup center. Aaron Gordon to get in there, and he's been playing a whole lot of minutes ever since they cut down the rotation. So I'm going to take the rebounds for Aaron Gordon uh, to keep this going. That gives you a plus 350. So if you bet $50, you win 225. Sounds good to me. Sounds good to you. Wednesday night, we got another slate of 3-1 games with the opportunity to go on to the next round, starting off with the New York Knicks. Heading into Cleveland to take on the Cavaliers. Cavaliers favored by five and a half points. The over under 202 and a half points. I was in those games this past weekend in the Garden. And I'll tell you this. The lights looked real bright for Evan Mobley and Jared Allen. Darius Garland stepped it up a little bit, but he looked a little hobbled toward the end of the game. Donovan Mitchell... He's going to come back like a bat out of hell. I can guarantee it. Uh, I said Nixon six in the beginning of the series. There's no reason for me to get off of that. If they end it, I'll personally be happy. But my gambling mind, I'm going to take the Cavaliers to cover here. And uh, that 202 and a half points is super low. And uh, the Knicks have just been locking up the Cavaliers uh, in these past three games. Well, three out of these past four games. Uh, so I could see that being pretty low. But. If the Cavaliers get hot, I, I could see them uh, hitting this over on points, so the over might be a good play right here. Let's talk about the Los Angeles Lakers with a chance to close it out against the Memphis Grizzlies in the grindhouse. The Grizzlies, four-point favorites at home, the over-under 221.5 points. John Morant starting to look healthier and healthier by the, by the day. Um, they're going to need everything from him, Desmond Bain, and Jaron Jackson to keep this series going. I have a hard time betting against LeBron James in closeout games, y'all. I'm not going to do it. I'm taking the Lakers' points here, and I'm going to have them uh, hit the over on points as well because Austin Reeves and I think Rui Hachimura is going to have another big role-playing game for the Lakers as they continue to play through Anthony Davis offensively. I think the Lakers get it done uh, in this one and keep it moving into the second round. The Miami Heat take on the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, The Bucks are 11-point favorites at home. The over-under is 219.5 points. It took a Jordan-esque performance from Jimmy Butler to keep the Bucks at bay and keep them on the ropes now, down 3-1. Uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo played, had a triple-double. Even though he was getting treatment during the game, he looked pretty healthy. He didn't have as much burst as he's used to, but I think two days off will do him some good. Um, the Heat just continue to be decimated by injuries. They're not deep. They, they, they're very plotting. And uh, I think role players play better at home. I'm taking the Milwaukee Bucks to cover and push this one to a game six. And last but certainly not least, the Golden State Warriors tied it up 
with the Sacramento Kings. 2-2. The Warriors, four-point favorites on the road. Big reason for that. They will be probably without the services of De'Aaron Fox. He is doubtful with a slightly fractured finger. I think he will play, but it is his shooting hand. So uh, it'll definitely give them some issues over there. And the Golden State Warriors have, are not new to this. They are true to this. They have been awful on the road all year long. All they got to do is win one. And if there's one road game for you guys to win, it's got to be this one with a hobbled De'Aaron Fox. I like the Warriors here to cover and beat the Sacramento Kings heading into a decisive game six in the Chase Center. Guys, that is it for today's episode of Count It. I want to thank my guest Harrison Wynn from the DNVR Nuggets podcast for joining me. And I want to thank you guys for always kicking it with me right here on Counter with the guys at Points Bet USA. My name is Kazim Famiwide. I will catch you guys Thursday. Enjoy the rest of the playoff slate, and I will see y'all later. Peace out. 